everyone, and welcome to the Boundary AFLW Podcast Finals Edition. Chloe Malloy. You got in first. I know, I know. I wanted to because I was like, we've always had you first. Well, that, first. that's a, I mean, that's fair enough. You're, you're, you're the star of the show. No. I'm not even going to tell people my name now. Uh, no, my name is Nick Negropontis. You're, li- um, you're listening to the Boundary AFLW Podcast on SEN. I'm completely thrown off. You've completely <laughs> thrown off the intro that we've been doing for two years. Um, <laughs> Sorry, guys. Finals. Yes, They're exciting here. time. We've got a lot to talk about today, so this is going to be a pretty simple one. We're going to go through finals. We're going to okay. talk through both games. We're going to talk through all the big talking points and news because there's some stuff around the All-Australian squad, and then we've got a little tease, a teaser for you at the end of the show that uh, will uh, get you interested in next week's episode. But Exactly. We've got a lot to get through before we go then, and since you're now apparently hosting this show, why don't you take us wherever? Well... Without the surprise, we're going to do some questions without notice. And I'm going to go first and bowl one to you. I'm going to open. Go. Has the MRO been fair this year? Ooh, that's a that's a tough question. I know. I was like, I'll just come out and just with a bang. I did have an MRO question in here. And I think, I know. think we're we thinking. Can kind of like tea. You can go between the two so, if you want. Um, the fact that Prasparkas got a week and Bowers didn't makes no sense to me because they both did the same thing and both were either worth a week or both either worth a fine and yet one was and one wasn't. I would love to know whether if this was last year and Prasparkas was the favourite for the MVP mm. and Bowers wasn't, whether the results would be reversed. Yes, we might as well flow on to this topic as we are there already and I wanted to get into it because I agree with you. It's it's not that you ever want to go against something that's trying to protect you and protect the players, but it is hard to... I don't know, the integrity is kind of questioned when you see a tackle and then you see another tackle yep. and then there's two very different outcomes, Well, as a, as a player, do you know what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do? I, I think Daisy Pierce actually nailed it on the head um, when she, she was on SCN um, a while ago and she said, well, you start as a player to question what you can and can't do and you don't know what's mm. what's acceptable and what's not acceptable until it happens in yep. the moment and you're like, well, that wasn't... Cause yeah, if you literally put the tackles side to side, it they look quite similar. Yeah, um, especially when you look at the outcome. Sarah Hosking had a concussion test, but she was fine. Karen Paxman, Karen Paxman, um, uh, Eden Zanka was having neck soreness and issues for the whole week. So, but Bowers got off, and Sparkus didn't. The other MRO one was Emma King, who is free to play this week despite being charged with three separate charges of striking. Um, but because the three charges of striking all occurred in the same game, it counts as first offence, which means she, she does have to pay a, a $1,200 fine, which, ouch. Um, but it, she, she, she's free to play because it's one offence, not three. Mm. And look, people are probably going to think I'm biased because I'll have to come up against her, which is fine. I just think, you know, take my Collingwood hat off. Three strikes and you're not out. Like, mm. you, I think if you're a player that that happened to and... In this case, it is Emma King. I don't know. You kind of walk away laughing like, oh, got away with that one. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't really want to have an opinion on it because I think I'm only going to be <laughs> shut down because I'm a Collingwood player. But, yeah, it was quite interesting that they classified it. I don't know. Rules for some, rules for others. So It's very strange. And I think the I, I think jumper punches in general or punches to the gut should be not – I mean, I'm, I'm against suspending players and I also don't really like AFLW players being fined monetarily. But – I don't like I don't like punching. As well, a if you were to punch off a football field, you'd get charged. Yeah. So that's my take on it. Um, fair but enough. But yes, go your question without so, notice. Tom Morris reported today 
that Carlton players were unhappy with Taylor Harris, saying that she left training early to uh, take a photo to promote uh, a documentary. Um, this was in the middle of training. Uh, if What would be your... I mean, I, I don't know whether that actually happened, um, but if that happened at Collingwood, how would, how would you react to a player leaving mid-training for something that's not footy-related or serious? I would be livid. Absolutely livid. I would... Yeah, wouldn't go down well with me. I just think you're there, and we're only we're only there for like a short period of time. And you know, for that to come as a priority, it just clearly shows where our player's head is at. That's 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 my take on it, and that's my stance on it. You should not be putting social media ahead of footy unless that's what you want to do. And good on you, but yep. you're playing a team sport. If you want to go do something individual. Continue to mm. do an individual sport. I, I would be quite upset, and and the fact that I think the players didn't know. I mean, you know, like you said, this is just a rumor, nothing confirmed. We don't know if it is true. We're just basing the opinion off the story yep. that we have heard. Um, but yeah, I would be quite upset, and and yeah, felt like I was disrespected by a teammate if they were to go and do that. Yep, um, it's fair enough. And Carlton has a really good media team. Like, surely they could just take the photo beforehand and upload it. But There's ways to schedule posts these days. Yeah, on Instagram. I do so, it every day. Um, but so yeah. Yes. W- w- would you be upset? Even like let's domestic basketball, <laughs> even like the basketball you play. Would you be upset if someone posted at halftime or not really? Well, to be fair, I left a – well, I didn't leave. I subbed out of a game to uh, go with an AFLW story about two years ago. and So I can't really talk. But that's also lower stakes and Carlton's season – And that's your job. Yeah. Carlton's season was not yet decided at that no. point. So um, – but – Anyway, so what's, uh, what's uh, your next question? Well, I actually don't have another question. So I'm going to come up with something on the spot. Fuck's sake, Chloe. I know. I've got one job. Actually, straight away, who's mm-hmm. one player that has stood up this year for you? Uh, in the competition in general? Competition in general. That's a very good question. I'm going to take a second to think about it. That is actually me doing that, guys. <laughs> I'm multi-talented and- Talented dude? Multi-talented dude. I don't have good English either. Um, is there anyone that comes to the for- forefront of your mind? Uh, I'm just blanking. Oh, well, Ruby Schleicher is a good example, I think. Someone who's sort of come from the clouds to probably make the All-Australian team. Mm-hmm. Janelle Cuthbertson from Frio is probably a similar example. Um, I think that's what we're going to see, though. Like, people who have been in the system for a little bit now, you know, it's like um, we, we compare to our male counterparts, you know, draftees don't come in and get games a lot of time, but they slowly warm into it and then they establish themselves. So I think that's what we're going to start to see yeah. is players come out of the, like, like a blooming, like a flower. Um, I think that's what's going to happen because, yeah, Ruby Schleich was the one that came to mind to me. Like, she's someone who's been there from day one yeah. and now has had in five years, took five years, but is finally coming out because she's been in a gym program, she's conditioned, and, and everything that adds up to it. And now she's finally like, okay, I found my feet. And now I think she's just going to continue on an upward, you know, rail. Something that AFL players would have 24-7, 365, whereas AFLW players sort of have to go out of their own way. Well, to... six months, six months off. Six yeah. months, six months off. Um, so, does your preparation change at all given it's a final? Or do you treat this like any other week? I kind of, I treat it like any other week. Um, I mean, it... You have to recognise that it's a final, um, but I think you have to 
not think too much about it because the process has gotten to where we are today um, and I don't believe anything needs to change for finals time. Um, yep. Pressure goes up, of course, and everything like that. But, yeah, you kind of control what you can control. It's worked for us during the season, so, you know, why change something that's not mm. broken? Um, but personally, nothing nothing for me changes. I go about my week the same. I'll go about preparation the same. Um, you scout, you do opera report the same. There's just probably that bit of extra pressure come game day. Yeah. To perform because it's you know it's you lose and season's done so yeah but in, in preparation wise nothing nothing really changes for me fair enough um, which I think is a good thing because um, if you think too much about it then you just overthink it and then you get to the game and <laughs> you do not a lot um, another one for you do you think it's been in the media a little bit this week. Um, one's probably that's cl- hits close to home for you. Uh-oh. Clubs um, kind of not giving plays an option um, to stay on and forcing them to do something earlier than they probably like. Is that fair on players and should players have more of an opinion on their future at clubs? Well, I'm guessing you're talking about Katie Loins and Al Downey. Yeah. How did you know? <laughs> well, um because, yeah, it's interesting because obviously clubs have every right to delist players they don't see a future with. I think that's reasonable if it's the 29th and 30th players on your list and you're like, okay, you haven't played much this season. Um, we know that we're not going forward with you next year. We're going to give you a heads up a bit early. Like, okay, I'm not inside a club. I don't know whether that's okay or not. But when it's your club captain and someone who's played every single game for your club in Al Downey and Katie Loins, that... That upset me. I mean, I'm j- I can only speak as a Carlton member and a Carlton mm-hmm. supporter. That upset me, um, especially because it was, it was never the, the club to their credit never came out and said they're retiring. And then it's like, oh, they're not actually retiring. They kind of want to go on, but we told them they didn't have a they wouldn't get a contract here next year. The club came out and, and said what was happening. So um, it's not like they tried to to hide it. But yeah, so from what I've been told, the the people within the four walls aren't particularly happy with. Uh, maybe not necessarily the decision, but sort of that it was made for them. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not too happy with that, especially when Carlton, you know, they don't exactly have a deep midfield and Katie Loins played every game in that midfield that mm. she missed a couple of games with injury. Mm-hmm. Al Downey, her role sort of changed. She was swung into defence with um, with Moody taking more of the ruck role and Serena Gibbs coming and playing in the, the second ruck role. But yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of of in this instance, Carlton doing that, especially when it's upset the playing group. I think yeah, that's you've something you've... Boat. You've rocked the ship with your playing group and that's... Correct. You know, you've got to keep, got to keep them happy. <laughs> well, we saw it with Essendon last year in the men's comp when they retired Tom Bell Chambers and didn't give him a farewell game and the players cracked it. Like, mm. you can't... You, you've got... They're the, they're, they're the ones who have got to play every week. Don't don't make them up, upset. Yeah, but, you've got to, at the end of the day, keep them happy. But yeah. I guess the flow and effect of that is if Katie Loins is a free agent and she's playing somewhere else next year... Wouldn't a club like St Kilda be a perfect home for her? Well, I believe she is from down that way. So, I mean, make her life easier. She wouldn't have to come into Icon Park. I'm pretty sure she still wants to do that. But, yeah, it is like seeing players go, it does suck. And, like, you know, when you mentioned, you know, she's your captain, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, like Hmm. I actually, you know. She would be the third Carlton captain to be actively playing somewhere else. Lauren Arnell at Brisbane, Bree Davey at Collingwood. There's a record to have. It's probably a record. Um, yeah. AFL and AFLW. Yeah, three honestly. captains are playing elsewhere. Yeah. If if Loins goes elsewhere, 
Um, yeah, I think it's a business and, and, you know, the club thought they were doing the best thing. But like you said, when it upsets a playing group, that's when you don't want, you don't want to lose your playing group. No. Because they're the one that's got to represent the jumper um, and perform on game day. Yeah, I, I heard, you know, around the traps that it probably wasn't very well received by the individuals either. Um, Downey probably wasn't even given a chance to prove herself. But, no. I mean, if I look at Carlton, they were tutored to be premiership favourites this year and then they've very, very much so underperformed. Yeah. Something's got to change. I think we'll Something see some has change. To change. But um, talking about teams that are still alive um, for a moment instead of uh, Carlton. <laughs> How big an impact is losing Daisy Pierce? Obviously, we know how big an impact it will be on field, but from a mental standpoint for the Demons, how big is that for them? I'm actually going to go in opposite way. This I think it'll lift the team. Uh, you can't replace a player like Daisy Pierce, but when someone like that goes down, it just adds a whole other layer of motivation to yep. play well. And it's like, okay, well, I've got to step up now because Daisy's not here. So. Like I kind of spin that and go, that actually is going to give the team a lot of motivation. Not that Daisy was like, I'm going to get injured to motivate the team. <laughs> like, of course not. But yeah, I actually think the players, you unite in, you know, times of darkness and the injuries are pretty dark and, and doomy for, for um, teams because you spend so much time with these individuals and seeing and the hard work that goes into playing and the work that we do to get up for games. And then when someone goes down, it hits, it really shakes a team. For someone like Daisy, who's such, you know, such well respected in the league as well as her own team, I think it actually really motivates um, the Melbourne team, and I actually think they'll come out and um, probably in the interviews, you know, win, win, lose or draw, that they'll be like they'll they're playing for Daisy. Well, it's interesting because she was she's been playing a pretty important deep full forward sort of anchor role and sort of maneuvering the forward line around structurally, so that's as important for them in terms of losing that. I wonder how they replace that. Do you reckon Eden Zanka just goes back to a key forward role? Like, I know she's been playing midfield, essentially, this last mm-hmm. half of the season, but they, they kind of need to replace Daisy, I think. I, can't, I don't think they can sort of just to rotate because they their season turned the night they moved her to key forward. Yeah, and you just hope it turns and doesn't turn for... Turn back. Um, turn back in, in a negative way. But, yeah, you'll probably see Zanka hold, hold forward more and Pierce doing a lot more... Of the rock, which I actually think she's quite capable of oh, doing. Absolutely. So, yeah. um, so since since you're out of questions, I've got a couple <laughs> more. I'll oh, hit me. I'll smack you with. Do you think we should see a medical sub in AFLW next year? I would like to see larger squads before we go medical subs. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So no, just give us larger um larger so squads. More than thirty players or more than twenty one. More than thirty. Yeah. More than thirty. Um. We've, you know, seen it this year. We've had three of our starting backliners go down, yep. so that puts us, you know, up shit creek yep. without a paddle even. <laughs> like that is it, that's hard to replace those three players in in a, in the backline, and then even Jordan Membry from the forward line. Mm-hmm. Like that's so hard. Which leaves you with twenty six active and players, it, and you it, need to pick twenty one every week. Exactly. So yeah, the squads need to have more depth to them. So when something like that happen happens, it doesn't impact the team yep. as largely because I think someone said it, You've even even my line coach, he goes, I've never seen in the men's an injury impact a team more than it does in the AFRW space. Yep. As a player, a, men, a, a bloke can go down or three can go down, but it doesn't impact that mm. team 
as much as it would. So I was like, yeah, that actually is a really good point. Well, Fremantle's men's, men's team has 14 injuries right now. That means they still have, what, 30 players to pick from. <laughs> so, And I think Melbourne, Melbourne in a couple, uh, was it last year or the year before? They had Demons. their replacement yeah, players, yeah. yeah. So larger the, squads, no medical sub, larger squads. Thank you. I've been literally saying this since season one. Yeah, I'd, honestly, I reckon we could go back to the archives and, and pull out you saying yeah. we need larger squads. But also the reason that there isn't larger squads is because they're expanding the competition. So they know that if they go, oh, if there's 35 players per team, then that's another, what's five times 12? That's another no. 60 players they have to no. look after. give us larger squads. No, they want Please. more teams. No, you don't get more sustainability. We want more teams. Okay. Understand. This is how it works. <laughs> you don't get sustainability at club level. You have to have 16 teams and... Anyway, that's a that's a rabbit hole for a, for a post-season show. Uh, last one before we, we move. In fact, this is a good way to transition. Who will be the All-Australian Rock? Lauren Pearce. Lauren Pearce? Yeah. Uh, so. so the other two eligible are Bree Moody and uh, Emma King. I think I think Lauren Pearce. I've never seen a, like someone in the AFW space, her height, be able to do what she does. We were watching a video when we were playing coming up against Melbourne. She received a handball receive. And then hit a target, a short target. Yep. I was like, rucks don't do that. They tap. Yep. But yeah, I think her ability for someone, like I said, who is is her size to be so nimble at times, I'm like, oh, that, that's, that is a quality player. Yep. And I think she's got a long way to go still because she is so, like she's, she's young. So I'm like, wow, like, that is amazing. Not even I can do that at times. So I think she's my All-Australian Ruck for me. Yeah. She's basically what I think Bree Moody will be in three years. I think she's like two or three years ahead of Moody in terms of development. Like, Moody can do all those things, but they're very, like, lanky and the, the, the kicks don't always go where you, where you, where you hope they <laughs> will go. And she actually kicked a behind for an opposition team at one point this year, um, trying to kick the ball across goal. And I love Bree Moody to death. I'm not 100% sure she's there yet, but it'll be close between those two. Yeah. Um, Sorry, speaking of um, Lauren Pierce is actually 28. Still young. Still young. I think Bree Moody is a 1997 baby. She's like 23 or 4. Yeah. Well, 20, 23, 24, yeah, because I'm a 98. So. Yeah. So, I mean, Pierce is still young. But to be able to do what she can do, I think, is deserving of the AA starting ruck. So, but we will find out. So the squad is out for the, for the whole thing. Um, squad, the squad, the squad. You obviously made it. Congratulations. Oh, thank you Congratulations on making the squad. Thank you. Six Collingwood players. Yes. Which is the most of any team, which I think is reflective of the season that we saw. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone who comes to mind immediately who was unlucky to miss uh, the squad? Um, a good old-fashioned snubbing. Just a little snub. Um, no, I can't think. Like, not off the straight top of my head. Yeah, it's hard. None that come to mind um, for me. Um, but I, I do think of, like, a player like Chelsea Randall. Yeah. Like, um, She had you syndrome. She was played... Um, That's why I say, yeah. how can you, she is like, she's a quality player, but you know, she was shot in the foot in a way. Cause you're like, well, where did we put you? Because you played Correct. back, you played forward, played mid. You been, you've been mid. So yeah, I don't know what happens there. Maybe there should be a spot on the team for you utility players. Cause <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> fair, not fair, whatever. But, um, she was turned around. So she misses out purely because she wasn't played in one position. Yeah. That's a fair point. Um, Talia Randall, I thought was unlucky for North Melbourne not to make it. I had her in my in my actual team uh, last week when mm-hmm. I when I went through it. Uh, Nicholas Stevens, I thought was unlucky from the Blues um, not to make it. Thought she had a really fantastic uh, year. Uh, and Caitlin Ashmore as well. 
not sure how she didn't make this make the squad. She's probably the one that came to mind immediately as someone who's considering there's no there's only one wing picked in the entire <laughs> squad of forty, which is uh, Sophie Conway. But we knew the midfield was always going to be so hard. I think it was, when we spoke yeah. to Mel Hickey, we were like, yeah. we joked to her, "Good luck choosing the midfield yeah. because it is just it is like." It is on steroids. There right. are so many to choose from. We had struggle, like, teasing because we got the exclusive rights to actually announce the 22 under 22 AFLPA team. And we've done those. And they are coming. And we will announce them. So there is your little teaser early. You went with um, that way too early. I know, way too early. I apologize. But um, the midfield is going to be very, very hard to choose from. But yes, that's our, that's our little teaser that Chloe's just Am I allowed with. to tease there? Well, it's done now. We've teased midway. I apologise. Um, but it's a, you're right. It's, the midfield is ridiculous. Um, I picked my sort of team today. And like I'll, I'll give you a list of the midfielders who didn't make it as, as sort of an example of, of how crazy this team is going to be. So um, Britt Benici didn't make it for me. Um, Karen Paxman and Tyler Hanks didn't make it. Ash Riddell didn't make it. Uh, Georgia Patrikios didn't make it. And there was one other who I think is worth a mention, and Maddie Prasparkas didn't make it. So it's a it's a tough team to make. Uh, Kathy Spark also didn't make it, which is unfortunate because I really wanted to get Kathy Spark in there. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's hard. It is hard. It is genuinely hard. So if you make it, like kudos to you because you have been picked from a very very good talented list of midfielders. So Just, I think some notable mentions. Yes. There's been four players. Been picked in the squad since the yes. inaugural season. This is a good good thing to mention. Karen Paxman, mm-hmm. Emma Carney, Ebony Marinoff, and Ali Blackbird. It's insane, isn't it? That level of consistency. Like, and and Marinoff was a rising star when she first made it. Like, that is hats off to you. Round of applause to those four players because that's incredible. For five years, consistency is key. Yeah. And they have for five years have played at that all Australian quality, which is I think something that they should ha- like hold in high regard, and I'm sure they do. Well, yeah. If you're going to ask me who I thought who I would think are the the faces of the league in terms of pure consistency from day one, Blackburn, Carney, and Paxman are probably the three that come to mind in terms of just mm-hmm. they've just been doing it since day one. So you're right. Full credit uh, to them. Uh, congrats to Kiara Bowers winning the AFL Coaches Association uh, MVP award. And it's funny because if she had been suspended, Elise Parker would have won. Oh, that would have been nice to see. Because uh, Bowers got five votes in the final round that kept her just ahead oh. of Elise Parker. So that's very interesting there. So that has actually impacted both the Brownlow and the Brownlow and the Coaches Association Award. Yeah, I think a lot of things are going to be interesting, interesting if Bowers is to receive more awards, I think. <laughs> it, like, And for her, it's probably draining because she's going to possibly win more awards. And very deserving, and obviously. And very deserving, of, like you said. But, yeah, I think every award that she wins this year is going to be tainted with... If you had it got suspended, you wouldn't have won that though. So yeah, like, I mean, I feel bad for her in that regard. She deserves like all the awards and she earned them. But yeah, that she's tainted with that tackle. And I think will be, especially um, if something's to happen on a certain night. I think there'll be a lot of uh, talk and I think the poor thing's probably going to cop a question on it. Well, it'll be very interesting because the W Awards are in a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, April 2020th. That sounds right. 
Um, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. When it comes. More info on, on the W Awards at a later date. Um, Melbourne and Frio. This is a very interesting game. Casey Fields, Saturday afternoon. It's the first game of the finals. Unfortunately, it's at Casey Fields. I can't believe there's a final being played at Casey Fields, but I'm also <laughs> glad that Melbourne got the game where they wanted it, yep. which I think is an important thing. Um, they played two weeks ago. Melbourne won over in Perth. Kiara Bowers was tagged out of the game pretty successfully. She had a she had a quietest game. Daisy Pierce was super super influential. Obviously, both of those things are important to mention. There you go. I think they kind of cancel each other out. I don't think Bowers is going to be quiet. Quiet, yeah. and a Daisy Pierce obviously can't impact from the sideline. So, how do you see this one playing out? I think I see another close game like the North Melbourne game, and and I I, I see Frio losing by a couple of points. Interesting, especially the advantage of Casey Fields to Melbourne. They chose to play there. Like going there, just it's like playing wet weather footy. Like it brings <laughs> teams down to the same level. Not that these two teams aren't on the same level, but it definitely neutralizes. And even then, Melbourne probably have the upper hand because they know how to play at Casey Fields. Yeah. So no doubt their captains run and they're probably trained out at Casey Fields this week. So yeah, I that that's how I see in my head. I see literally I was watching the North Freer game and I can just see the end happening. <laughs> where Frio are in a contest, they're on the ground, and there's just Melbourne players around, and the siren's gone. They're desperate to get another point. But, yeah, I just see Melbourne winning by a couple of points cause, because it's at Casey Fields. So, basically, it'll be like Melbourne leading by three goals at halftime, uh, then Frio make a second-half late mm. push um, because they're a very dominant second-half team. But Melbourne are still in front at the end. Yep. And Frio bring heat, though. So, But I still, I still think Melbourne are going to get across the line. Very interesting. Very what about you? No, I'm tipping Melbourne. Uh, I think the Casey Fields factor is important. Uh, losing Daisy is huge, but I think Zanka can structurally replace that. Mm-hmm. If um, And I, Zanka is a ridiculously talented footballer, so I think they'll be fine. And I think they'll be able to replace her in the midfield as well with a bit of movement. Maddie Gay's been playing forward a lot, so I think she goes back on ball maybe a bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interesting. I think the, the Ds will control the ruck uh, with Lauren Pierce in there. but. Yep. Yeah, this is going to be a really good game, I think. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, it was a fantastic game. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. But following that game at uh, Victoria Park, 3.10 p.m., which you'll be able to hear this game live on the SEN app, uh, myself, Matthew Cox, and TBD will be calling the game. Woo. So you'll be able to hear that. But the star of the show will be <laughs> Collingwood and North Melbourne in a very fascinating game. Yeah, actually, it's going to be a very good hit out, like, I know they finished six, but come finals time, I don't care where a team finishes. I no. think you take away one, two, three, four, five, and six, that means nothing, um, especially with how close the top six were. Mm. Like, literally, there was like four points within a single win yep. separating teams, percentages separating teams. Um, so, yeah, and, and I think I think it's going to be a very different North Melbourne, not personnel sense, but in a, in a mindset sense, um, that they won't allow us to do what we did against them at Marvel Stadium. Well, that's absolutely worth mentioning because when you guys met earlier in the year, you kept them goalless. Yes. You both which... had eight scoring shots, but they kicked 0-8 and you kicked 4-4, which was not reflective of you guys being more accurate. It was reflective of your defensive pressure. pressure. But I don't think that's going to be the North Melbourne side that rocks up to Vic Park. Um, definitely another advantage to us is Vic Park. Yep. Um, your spiritual home. We know we are familiar with the environment. It's We've... We've probably benefited from this COVID, um, obviously protocols that have been in place to make sure the FOW season is alive. We've better, like we have benefited from that. Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of games at Vic Park, 
and we have quite a good record at Vic Park. So we definitely have the home advantage to, and that that is, you know, some people say it's not a thing, but for us this weekend it is a thing. But yep. I have no doubt North Melbourne are going to rock up feeling pretty like. Ready for redemption. Well, it's very interesting. To me, this is like round three of the fight because they got you in the final last year. Well, it's ironic. We are at the same stage we were last year. Except so it's it, reversed because now you're the top team and they're yes. the, the up-and-comer. So, I mean, it, it's interesting to see where we're at um, and it's good progress within a year. So, hopefully, you know, I, I love this game. Better. I love this from a storyline point of view because it's this time last year, they were the top team, the top conference side. No one was touching them. And you were the, the wooden spoon team that had risen into finals mm-hmm. and you go within a kick. And then 2021 comes around and now you're the top team and they're the ones <laughs> who've snuck into finals. You kick their butt in the regular season and now it's finals again. Couldn't v- script Vic it. Park. You couldn't script it. And the other thing on top of all of that is the fact that they stole four players from you and three of them are still playing. So I, I love this because I, I, I'm not going to get you to comment on it. but And this is this is just how I feel because I've, I've, I've been pretty close with both of these teams in terms of um, speaking to people. I know that you guys don't like each other more, more so than a few other teams. So I'm very, very curious to see how this goes. Obviously those players are Jasmine Garner, who's elevated her game hugely since joining North uh, Jess Duffin, who was an all Australian and then is now back after missing with pregnancy and Emma King, who obviously uh, narrowly avoided the MRO and is able to, to play in this one. So this is a very, very interesting game for me. I'm very excited to see it. I'm not going to ask you for your tip, um, but I'm tipping I'm tipping Collingwood. I think you guys have the runs on the board this year, and I can't tip it at North since you kept them goalless last year. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you got very zoned <laughs> out got, then. You were no, just looking like, at your laptop. I was like, I could, yep, I, I'm hearing you, I'm hearing you, but like you said, no opinion. No, but that's okay. The What has come up, I mean, it's probably just a reminder that it's it is, we are living in a COVID world. Is this this case cases now in Brisbane? Yes. That have forced they. I mean they can, they're still training at the minute, but will we see the Lions host a final? Well, the lockdown ended today. But do you, do you think? Do you honestly think the AFL are going to allow a team to go into Brisbane after they've just it's a, had? It's a, a fantastic like question, and I I will give the only answer I possibly can. I have no idea. <laughs> we actually don't know. I don't think <laughs> I. I, I and I like I feel bad for them. I can't see the AFL yep. allowing. Well, Brisbane's men's team won't be playing in Queensland next week. Obviously, they they won't be because they're playing in Ballarat. Yeah. But also, Gold Coast has a home game against Carlton next week, and that the talk is that's going to be played in Adelaide. So, so I, I can't see them hosting a final in Brisbane. Which unfortunately, sucks. Obviously, considering they've been through a whole season, they finished mm-hmm. second, they've earned. But a- hey, Victoria was in lockdown for ten months. We played no footy. The yep. season is alive. We are having finals. I think we need to be grateful for that. And if you are Brisbane fans out there and Queensland fans, yes, you are probably hating me right now because you're like, of course you can say that because it's not affecting you. But we were in lockdown for 10 months. Correct. We did not play football for 10 months. We have football. There are finals. You are still allowed to play. Yep. I know it's not ideal, but we are still we're playing Correct. and that is what we wanted and it's the season's alive. The AFL are going to do everything they can to make sure it does get to an actual premiere and it's not a wipeout season. So yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to cop a bit of shade <laughs> now, but yeah, oh, I don't think we'll see them host a final as much as they, you know, have deserved it because they finished second. So we'll see how it plays out over the coming week. Um, you're right. If it's still like a red zone or an orange zone, I can't see them wanting to send 
a team of, of Victorian or even non-Victorians, Fremantle, Anyone whoever, there. they probably won't want to send a team in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the thing. They've been the best road team in the competition this year. Yeah. So yeah. don't think it's going to bother them. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, the, uh, and that's the other thing. If they, let's, I can't remember who's playing who bracket-wise. Um, they will play the winner of you guys, Collingwood and North. Mm-hmm. So I wonder whether they would say, uh, well, we can't host it here. We'll, we'll play it in. We'll play it in Adelaide rather than saying we'll play it in an well, icon yeah, park or I think, something. I think they get the choice to play where they I want to play. So. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, ditto. Agreed. It would be cool if it was like back-to-back finals at like the Adelaide Oval or something. Yeah. I think that would be sick. Um, but we'll see how that plays out. That's not that's not something we can really control or think about too much at this stage. Um, but yeah, so two big games this week. Um, how, how are you nerves-wise like before, before a, a thing like this? No, I'm pretty like I'm I'm pretty good. I'm excited. I think, you know, this is where you want to be. So at the end of the, of the year, like yep. you this we play we play footy to win. We want to be a team that's there at the end of it all. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty like pretty chill about it. Um I think, you know, I'm I'm built for this game. I can play it. I'm confident in my own ability, so nothing changed me. So yeah, I've got the confidence in the team myself, so yeah, of course it's exciting because it is finals and I'd be, you know, I am human. I probably will get nervous before it all, but yeah, I, I back my myself and my ability. So like I said, I'm, I'm pretty chill. As long as I get my coffee Saturday morning, I'm fine. <laughs> Do you have any Easter plans? Um, no. Don't know. No, it's funny how the AFRW just kind of takes over everything and I don't even think about anything outside of it. It's like all holidays get put on hold and... <laughs> you don't have holidays till after the season, but um, oh, I am going to lunch on Friday to my parents' house to celebrate my dad's birthday and Easter. Awesome with my grandparents. That's nice. Well, happy birthday, Mister Moy. Well done. <laughs> um, but that's all. That's that's all. That's all we've got. Yeah, we've gone through everything, and now Gosh. it's just a matter of finals. It is finals. It is exciting, actually. You're tipping Melbourne and guys. Yep. Yes. Good tips, good tips. So we agree <laughs> in both departments. Yes. Um, but what are your Easter plans, Paul? Uh, I'm going to Rye tomorrow. So we, yes. my my parents do a, or my parents and my best friend's parents have, share a share a house. Yeah. Um, in Rye, um, and they've been doing we've been doing this since we were like ten. So yeah, so we're all heading up there. I'm only heading up for the Friday, and then I'm driving literally straight from Rye to Victoria Park. <laughs> so I don't know what that drive entails. That is a nice long drive for you. It's probably a longer drive than I imagine it is. So um, we'll work that out tomorrow. <laughs> oh, not tomorrow, Saturday. But um, tomorrow we're just going to chill up there. Nice day off work. Then working Easter Monday. So Hawthorne. Oh, working Easter Monday. Geelong Hawthorne. Oh. I can't complain. It's going to be, you know, that actually will be a very good game to watch. That's, um... Isaac Smith against his old side. Yes. Whew. Should be well, good fun. listen in. But yeah, and as Chloe teased way too early <laughs> in the podcast. Um, I'm sorry, guys. We will be um, talking about the AFL Players Association 22 Under 22 next week um, <laughs> with uh, with a very special guest as well uh, that you will definitely want to hear. So um, that's what we'll be doing next week. But as for this week, best of luck. Thank you, Pont. Chloe. Um, Appreciate it. I'm Delete the, delete this recording later. Go pies. Um, <laughs> I'm holding that. I'm going to find that, slip that up and keep it. <laughs> but yeah, so thank you very much for tuning in to this week's edition of the Boundary AFLW podcast. If you're going to the footy this weekend, have fun. Um, and we will talk to you next week. Yeah, an exciting couple of episodes coming up. So yes, once again, thank you for joining us. No weird noises this time.
<laughs> I can leave that in. Oh.